This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants me. You're gonna acknowledge me. It's time for the WWE Podcast Mailbag. We give you the listener a voice. We get to respond to questions. We get to respond to voicemails and that's what's great about this show is if you have something that is just on your mind, it's just itching to get out and you need a platform to complain or praise, this is the place to do it. So if you're new to the show or if you've been a longtime listener and you've been on the fence about contributing to this show, then think no longer because that contact information, email and voicemail number are in the description of this show. Okay, so. Let's not waste time. Let's not waste any time. Uh, other than to say, if you're interested in AEW and you maybe want to do a weekly show on this podcast, then hit me up at realwwepodcast at gmail.com because uh, right now we have a few candidates that are interested and so far uh, it hasn't been a fit. So if you're interested, AEW is the name of the game. You'd be doing a weekly podcast covering AEW Dynamite and Rampage or just Dynamite uh, if I had to choose just one. And of course, if they have any pay-per-view events. And uh, so that's really it. If you have a passion for it and if you have a decent quality microphone, then hit me up at realwwepodcast at gmail.com. Okay, so besides the vacancy that's open as, uh, as I uh, move on to you guys, let's just do it now. Let's just get to our patrons and start with Jeff Hay. And he writes in and Jeff says, do you think it's uh, first of all, welcome, Jeff. I don't think we've been formally introduced. So welcome. Do you think it's feasible this day and age to develop a face via squash matches and keep them on an elongated undefeated streak similar to Goldberg in the 90s? I feel like creative thinks it's too hot or too hokey. But they do it with the heels like Veer and Gunther. I definitely think it's possible. Now, is it a formula that is much more tailored for a heel? Of course, because somebody coming in and just laying waste to everybody isn't a very endearing trait or one that you want to see from somebody new, generally speaking. But it can work. I mean, you want a recent example? Ronda Rousey, for a while, when she first came in, she went undefeated. And it worked for her. But yeah, it does generally work better for heels as you want to see somebody step up to them. But it absolutely can be done the right way. If done the right way, you can have a, a, a baby face come in and do that. Definitely. You know, it's it's not impossible if it's done correctly and they're beating the, the heels. Why not? You know, as long as they're not squashing baby faces and they're beating the heels, then yeah, why not? I think it's definitely feasible. Is it plausible that they'll do that? Probably not, based on histor uh, historical evidence. It's generally a heel method uh, to to build that person. So, but thanks, Jeff. I've never had anyone ask me that. Uh, and Goldberg is an anomaly, right? He was the right man in the right place at the right time. Didn't have a whole lot of wrestling experience. Still doesn't whole have a whole lot of wrestling experience in the ring in terms of 
being, or rather, not just being a smash mouth guy. He never understood or at least didn't care or needed to. You know, needed to probably is the right word. Understand the finesse and art of professional wrestling. You know, he's a guy that is uh, you know, just more of a martial arts smash mouth guy. And that was the very that kind of embodied the Attitude Era slash the uh, Monday Night War era. So, again, that was a that's much more the exception than the rule with Goldberg and having that be at that level of success, building a baby face in that kind of way is definitely an exception to the rule, but doesn't mean that it can't happen again. All right, let's get to our next question. And there's only one person that that music could belong to. I'm going to give you one guess, everyone. Just one. It's all you need, right? Mr. Dennis. Well, it, it may be Mr. Dennis McGinley, but let's all read on to find out. Story time, folks. Let's go. All right. So this individual writes in and says, I want you to come out and join me in the ring. You're, he's calling me out. Uh, let me introduce the elite top of the line. And I am and always will be the North American champion. I go by the heel. Putting down the best A-town, A-Town Dennis Savage. I'm better than all of the patrons. I'm at the top of the list, and all of you dumb nuts are at the bottom. And go get your info from non-time call matter Michael Ritter and that homie John. Uh, okay, I don't know what kind of rift is going on, guys. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but let's read on to, to continue here. Uh, so if you didn't notice... You know, if you didn't, if you numbskulls didn't notice, Triple H has t- uh, taken over. The wrestlers and the choreograph, uh, choreography, is you know, that you're seeing is real, and you can tell how they do it. The truck outside for you, dumb nuts, come, come on! They press a button for kick, and I could go on with other. Um, for you Yankee fans, Matt and podcast. Uh, Edge is going to re- retire in 2023, sometime in 2023, and um, I guess you're trashing some A-town Dennis guy. I'm not. Sure. I honestly have no idea what's going on. Okay, like I have no clue, guys. But if Edge is really retiring in 2023, wherever you're getting that, I believe it because that seems very plausible. I think that Edge is probably coming to the finale of his career. Who he'd want to face? Why not John Cena? You didn't ask that, but I'm answering it anyway. I want to see John Cena edge. Have John Cena end his career or edge end his career against John Cena. That's what I would if I were him. But uh, so last, just so these patrons out there, uh, they, apparently there's bullying going on in Discord, and that. Uh, you're only the heel on the mailbag, so why do you go back to grade school where you're watching wrestling? Uh, okay, guys, uh, listen. I'm not getting involved in this. Like, I can't get involved in this. I, I will ban people who are just who are acting the way they shouldn't on, on Discord, right? Like, I'm not playing mom and dad. I'm not anybody's mom and dad, okay? It, you know, if somebody is being nasty or just outright being mean, whatever, then yeah, like I, I've already, I've already banned a couple of people. Like I, you know, just because it's just, it's a place that you should be able to go on discord. I'm, I, I'm feeling it's evolving into something that I 
didn't realize was happening, where it's a place where there are some nastier things going on that probably shouldn't be. But I have banned people before. Like, they are lifetime bans. I gave them a refund on Patreon, and I said, see ya. Like, I just, like, block, right? So if that happens with anybody, then, yeah, like, I, I want Discord to be a fun place to chat about wrestling. You know, like, let's, that's the vision of Discord, and that's what you get as uh, part of your Patreon membership. So if there's stupid crap going on on Discord, just stupid stuff, email me separately, guys, or you can hit me up in the chat on Patreon separately, privately, or you can just privately message me on Discord and say, hey, this is what's going on. Again, I'm not playing mom and dad. I'm just going to look at this very objectively. If there's somebody who's acting the way they shouldn't or being super inappropriate or just spamming the the uh, the, the Discord chat, yeah, absolutely. I, I have zero hesitation or regret about banning anyone that does that. Okay. Uh, again, I'm not an overlord, but I want to make sure that the space is fun. It's about wrestling. Chat about, I mean, you can talk about whatever you want, but keep it to wrestling. It, you know, it, it, keep it to WWE. If at least keep it fun, that's all I ask. Let's let's uh, lighten up, guys. All right. Anyway, thanks, Dennis. I I, uh, I hope you're doing well. Let's continue here. And again, another short email segment, I believe. Although I know we have several voicemails today, more voicemail heavy than anything else. But but I know we do have some uh, some emails to go here. So this one's from Phil, Phil uh, Gray. He says, hope all is well. It's been a good week. I think the returns are fine and it's going or it's good to get that pop with the returning popular NXT guys. I think we all know what kind of uh, wrestlers they are, but I think you're right. They will have to stop at some point. Do you think it leads to a bigger return at Clash of the Castle, a Braun Strowman, a Bray Wyatt, or in that bracket? I think it may lead that to that eventually, just a matter of when. On the cl- a point of Clash, I love a couple of or I live a couple of hours away from Cardiff on the hunt for tickets. If I could get if I could do an update, what would the crowd is like, what the crowd is like and etc. if all good. Uh, yeah, Phil, please. <laughs> if I could have a live correspondent there, just message me separately. We'll get you on the review show. Like seriously, <laughs> because I to, to be able to get somebody live, not while you're actually watching the event, but after the experience. If you want to, you know, pop on the review show of Clash at the Castle, the floor is yours, buddy. Because that would be really cool to get an in-person perspective as to what happened at the event. But uh, okay, so your other points though about is WWE going to s- stop this? Yeah, they ha- they have to. And honestly, that's AEW's very short-term strategy that has popped ratings nicely, but is not a long-term strategy. Is bringing in new talent that are from WWE, right? That's been partly uh, successful, but it's not a sustainable strategy because there's only so many people you can keep debuting, and you have a fixed amount of time in which to present your product every single week on Dynamite and Rampage. So you're going to reach a saturation point. Also, after fans just see return after return after return after big moment like with people returning, it's like, okay, I've seen this before. You know, it's just kind of the law of diminishing returns. That's what I think is going to happen here. And you know what? For WWE, the same thing kind of goes where, you know, Triple H is bringing back guys that he doesn't believe should have been fired in the first place. Clearly, that's the message. And it's been well received so far. But 
outside of it being feel good, short term kind of blast moments, the more important question that he does was is what does he do with the talent he's bringing back other than for shock value and getting people talking and social media buzzing? Oh, my God, so and so's back. This person's back. I thought they were fired. Blah, 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 blah. That's all wonderful. And those are kind of like fun moments. But the most important question is the one that I don't think a lot of us are answering or even asking is not who's returning, but what are they going to do with those people that are returning outside of the shock value? Uh, but if you want shock value, you want to create a big moment. Bray Wyatt's certainly the way to go. You talk about a crowd exploding. Bray Wyatt's return would get people you know, losing their minds. Braun Strowman, not so much. I mean, to be totally honest, Bray Wyatt is a much more interesting, deep character than Bray Wyatt or Braun Strowman, who is the what, what did we last see him? He's Mr. Choo Choo, right? He, they did the Strowman Express garbage and actually put sound effects in the show for him. And then he was complaining about being bullied. Right? He was playing the, the victim of bullying. What? The dude's seven feet tall, 400 pounds. It's just, it just, he's standing up for everyone that's been bullied. Well, first of all, yeah, I'm not a anti, I'm not a pro bullier. Like, of course not. But I remember the story and I'm complaining it like, what, what, why? Braun Strowman is the last person on the roster that you would want to be the face of the anti-bullying movement in a storyline. But anyway, uh, my point is that Bray Wyatt returning, do I think it's going to happen at Clash? Uh, I haven't heard anything, but every time we think Bray Wyatt's going to return, he doesn't. It's, this has been going on for like six months now. Eventually, I think that he will come back to WWE. Yes. Do I think it's going to happen eventually? Yes. I just don't know when. All right, uh, let's. What's up with the rest of your email here? So you just saw the poster for Dubious Series. Interesting to see what it, what's who's on it. Go check it out. Could it be a lead to what's happening match wise? Oh, Dubious. You mean Survivor Series? Oh, I, I think your your spell check messed you up, buddy. Uh, so let me Google that right now. Let me see who's on the Survivor Series 2020 poster. Uh, because oftentimes they do sometimes give away what is going to be happening. And Survivor Series 2022, um, I don't see, see, I don't see, there's like fan remakes and old ones. I don't see the one that WWE is putting out, unless it's on their website, right? Um, so somebody have to send that to me, because I... Don't know what particular poster or uh, promotional material that they are putting out there for the uh, the event. I'm even searching on their own website. I don't see anything here. Let's see here. Survivor Series. I'm looking at their actual Survivor Series page. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now I see. Interesting. Well, there's a couple interesting things, and I guess I don't want to spoil anything. This is directly off WWE's website, so if you don't want any potential spoilers and you're just one of those people, definitely uh, stop here or just skip ahead a little bit. So there's a couple things. Number one, Big E is at the top of the current Survivor Series page. Big E in a just bizarre outfit, one that I hope I never see him in ever. 
but he's standing there smiling. So, I mean, that, that seems plausible that Big E is on his way back and probably closer than we think. And him being a big part of Survivor Series is a good idea if he's able to come back. So that's probably what they're targeting. I think that's a definite sign. Now, when you look at the actual one, the bigger poster, uh, there is the one of Roman Reigns, Liv Morgan, Drew McIntyre, and the Usos on top. On the bottom, it is Bianca Belair, Seth Rollins, Lashley, Riddle, and Rey Mysterio. Now, I think we're on to something here. Absolutely. Now, here's what I gather from this promotional material. It's going to be, based on what we're seeing here, Bianca Belair versus Liv Morgan at Survivor Series, Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins at Survivor Series. That would be interesting for a number of reasons, especially given what happened last year. Then we have Riddle and Rey Mysterio versus the... uh, Usos, and then we have Lashley versus Drew. Now you could have Lashley versus Reigns as well, but I think you. you I mean, if you're going to have the WWE champion, well, here's the problem: <laughs> unless Roman Reigns is going to face himself at Survivor Series, if he if he doesn't split the belts by then, if WWE doesn't, then Roman Reigns is going to have to you know, find a way to. I guess, clone himself and have a match with himself at Survivor Series because it's champion versus champion. You know, you have the Intercontinental Champion versus the United States Champion. Traditionally, you have the uh, women's champions face off. The The tag titles have also been unified for this year. So how, do they, how are they going to do that exactly? You know, so there's a lot happening here that it's going to be fun, fun, fun because... There, there's there's an opportunity that it's not just exhibition matches at this year's Survivor Series, that there could be actual consequences. So there you go. Great observation. This 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 is uh, fun to look at. If you want to look at it for yourself and make your own interpretations, of course, just go to WWE's website and just search Survivor Series. They already have their page running here. Okay, let's see. Another strong week for wrestling. Can we see any more matches being lined up for Clash at the Castle? Is there a U.S. title match? I don't know, but I have this feeling we might see something left uh, from left field pop up. And with the go-home shows next week, you never know. Would expect to see The Miz, AJ Styles, Edge, etc. So I don't think that there's currently a United States Championship match. Is there? Hold on. Let me let me make, see what the updated card is. Clash at the Castle 2022. I'm doing a lot of Googling live here, everybody. So the uh, as it stands right now, there is no United States Championship match. None. Doesn't mean there can't be one, but right now there is none. Uh, and I do I think there will be one? Yes. Why do I think that? Because over the last month, Triple H has put a reinvigorated shine a uh, limelight or uh whatever you want to call it uh, he's emphasized the mid card belts much more than they have in the last like 15 years it feels like and that said if he leaves the US title off of this pay-per-view it would be a big disappointment and honestly kind of a shock so because of everything he just told us and showed us all of a sudden he's not even on the pay-per-view like it wouldn't make sense so all right let's continue on this is Jeff from the Philippines he says 
One, we didn't get a good look at the fan who choked AJ Styles before Dexter Loomis kidnapped the Miz. But that fan kind of looks like Joaquin Wilde from NXT, formerly known as DJZ or Zima Ion, or I guess. He and AJ both worked for TNA about a decade ago. In NXT, Joaquin is part of the stable uh, Legando del Fantasma. On last week's NXT Heatwave, the leader of that faction, Santos Escobar, lost to Tony D'Angelo, in which the stipulation is Santos must leave the NXT brand. On last night's NXT, Santos said that the family stays together. So he's taking Joaquin Wilde, Cruz Del Toro, and Electra Lopez with him to the main roster. Well, Jeff, you could be right on that. Yeah. So you're suggesting that that person that actually attacked AJ is Joaquin Wilde. Because we all know Dexter Loomis, obviously, is the one who you know, took the Miz into the depths of purgatory. But we don't know what happened and who attacked AJ, right? So you, you could be right. Yes, you guys are so observant. I'm just not. It's I'm too high level, right? Like in my big boy job, I'm a, I manage several people, and I feel like I'm very high level. Like I, I'm a, I'm a macro manager to the point where some people, the people on my team, don't even feel like they have a supervisor. <laughs> like I just I just say, hey, you, you get your work done. I really don't care what the hell else you do the rest of the day. Like I genuinely don't care. As long as, as long as it, you create the illusion that you're working, I don't give a damn what else you do as long as you just do what you're supposed to. That's it, you know? And and so I just feel like, um, I don't know where the hell I was going with this, but um, I just feel like I'm a, a, a macro manager is, is I guess the, the point I was making. <laughs> so, uh, but let's continue on here. <clears throat> on NXT, Dexter Loomis, oh, I know what I was making. The point I was making is, you guys are detail-oriented. I'm a macro manager, so you fill in the things that I completely miss because I'm just too lazy to dive into. So good stuff. Thank you, Jeff, for making me, uh, for educating me. On NXT, Dexter Loomis reunited with uh, Indy Hartwell, his kayfabe wife, but he ha- uh, it had to have, and uh, okay, so I'm not really sure about this sentence. He got put in handcuffs, I guess. And he, oh, for, uh, I see. So for kidnapping the Miz, he got put in handcuffs. Okay, okay. Number three, remember that Bailey was the number one contender for Bianca Belair's SmackDown Women's Championship at the last year's Money in the Bank, but she got injured. Perhaps Triple H wants to continue that story. That's why Bailey's faction targeted Bianca. Yeah, it could be, but also WWE hasn't exactly. Now, of course, this is just what we all know with Vince McMahon in charge. That WWE doesn't exactly pride themselves on long-term storytelling. You know, <clears throat> it's possible they don't even remember they did that. Much less that we were supposed to. So you're more the exception, Jeff, probably than the rule. But I'm all for it. I love long-term storytelling. I'm a fan of long-term storytelling. Um, but I also think that they're just simply dragging this out. Like they want to get Bianca and Bailey one-on-one, but they don't want to do it yet. So they're going to kind of dance around it a little while before they get to that main event and milk it for all it's worth. Okay, number four, final point. What do you think about this booking? Drew wins the unified title at Clash at the Castle. On the following SmackDown, Adam Pearce comes out and says that USA wants the WWE Championship back. Um, 
So it's either Drew relinquished the WWE title or he has to defend them separately. Drew chose to defend them separately. So on the next PLE, Drew retains the Universal against Roman. But after that, he must defend the WWE title against Karrion Cross. Cross will win the title and we have separate world champions. That's all for today. Thank you. Well, <clears throat> what I've said from the very beginning about this whole thing is I don't care how the hell we get to this split championship. It just needs to happen. So this is one of many scenarios in which I would be okay with. I don't even care if they pretended that Roman never unified the belts at WrestleMania. And all of a sudden, without explanation, we just have a WWE championship tournament on Raw. <laughs> I would accept that. Uh, now, your idea specifically is is fine. I just don't think that they would put Karrion Cross as champion that quickly. And, you know, also Drew relinquishing the belt. If he's on, if he's on SmackDown, you would imagine that the Universal Championship would stay on SmackDown, right? And the WWE title would go to Raw. Yeah, I don't hate this. I don't hate this because the end result is what we want. And that's really what we're focused on. All right, let's get to our next email. And it is from, let's see, Wes. And he says, it's been a while since I last got in touch. I hope you have you and the listeners are well. First off, I got to say, I'm really impressed with the change the direction the WWE has taken in recent weeks. It's a real breath of fresh air. I can't wait for Clash at the Castle. I was at SummerSlam in 1992 in London, so I'm pleased I've got tickets to the next stadium pay-per-view in the UK, too. Wow, 92. Uh, I think that was actually the same year that uh, Ric Flair won the Rumble in my hometown. I just want to share my thoughts on the main event for Clash. I think it will be a triple threat with Karrion Cross added. I think the match will be a two-fall match with Roman winning the first fall and leaving the, the match with the Universal title. Drew and Karrion then fight for the WWE title. Drew wins, and we can finally have two titles again. I think Drew will go to Raw in the draft, along with Karrion Cross, setting up a program between the pair and allowing WWE to position Karrion as the second biggest heel in the company behind Roman, something I've read that they're wanting to do. Well, that's probably what they're wanting to do, but until Roman wants to relinquish that spot as like the top heel, which he's starting to turn babyface because fans are enjoying him, then, you know, yeah, you you need to continue to build that next big heel and carrying cross can absolutely be that. I just don't think he's ready to be champion yet, especially to those that just saw him for the very first time again. It's to me for somebody that didn't really watch NXT. I just I feel a little still unfamiliar with who and what he is. He feels super comfortable and like, you know, 800 times better than he did as that weird masked, you know, Marvel villain that Vince made him into but i just don't think he's ready for the wwe championship but that said you know what i took from this, this is a really good concept wes both titles on the line two falls first fall goes to the wwe championship second fall goes to the universal championship i like that that's a nice i had not seen that in quite a while good stuff all right here we go another roman question and this one is from tony and he says Maybe I will get my answer in a few weeks at Clash, but how would they split up the two big championships off of Roman? Why would anyone who has earned or fell into an opportunity to have a championship match say, nah, I'm good. I'll just wrestle for the one title. 
Thanks for the insight. Well, Tony, here's the thing. They're not going to knowingly wrestle for just one title unless the scenario, even the scenario I just presented is really two belts. If there's a triple threat, right? Say there's a triple threat and both titles are on the line. First fall goes to the WWE championship. Second fall goes to the universal championship. Then that's really you're competing for two belts because the same person who won the first fall could win the second fall in theory. But with, uh, with your question about splitting up the two belts off of Roman, why would anyone who has earned or fell into an opportunity say, I'm good. I'm just to wrestle for the one title. Well, they wouldn't do that because we're still going to go with the assumption in fantasy land that these are one championship with two belts representing one championship. However, through Adam Pierce, through lawyers, through board of directors, through, I mean, pick your story. You could split those belts back in half. You know, I, I just don't think I think someone suggested that the USA Network would say something in kayfabe on air, meaning like they would bring the USA Network. And I don't think that's a good idea. I would not mention the USA Network on Fox and, and you know, vice versa. It's not a good thing to do. It's not good for the relationship that you have with your network. It's just it's just not a good idea. But all right, let's see here. I think Wait, we have one more email and then we're into voicemails. I hope everything is well. This is from Levi Graham, and he says, I will make this short as I can. So I was wondering if John Cena were to return for this year's WrestleMania, who would you like him to face? I personally would like him to face Gunther for the IC title. That's all for today. Well, that's one, that definitely one matchup. But the problem with that is you know immediately who's going to win, Gunther. And especially if it's for the IC title, you think John Cena's got time for the IC title? Of course not. He's made his own life outside of wrestling now. So I like the match, but if it's an exhibition with nothing on the line other than pride, you'd have me a little more interested. But I also think Theory versus John Cena is another matchup we could see, or John Cena versus Edge. I, I still would love to see that, to have Edge right off into his, you know, his sunset of his career. I, I would give it a very high percentage, though, no matter what you want to look at in terms of who his opponent's going to be. There's a, I'd say, 90-plus percent chance that John Cena wrestles at this year's WrestleMania. It's in Hollywood, WrestleMania 39, you know, John Cena's on a big stage. If he's in Hollywood filming a movie, he could plug that. I mean, it's just so many things that you'd put together and go, yeah, definitely John Cena at WrestleMania, and I absolutely think so. So thank you, buddy. Do I look at anything else here? Guys, I really want to make sure I did not miss anybody because I really feel awful when I do that. I think I got every one. So with that said, guys, we are actually going to already transfer this entire podcast over to the voicemails. We have a few of them, just a few. So let's get to our very first voicemail right now. James Cal from Baltimore. So I wanted to talk more about Roman Reigns. I know I've heard you talk about it on your on your show with your other co-host complaining about Roman Reigns and his time run at this point. And I've been complaining about Roman Reigns, not only on this show, but other shows that I've called in from before about Roman Reigns, the Roman Reigns problem with him being a double champion. It's completely different than Becky Lynch. At least if this was Becky Lynch, people would have complained about this. What, like the beginning of her, like beginning of 2020, I have a feeling people were complaining about it when she was, well, she wasn't even a double champion. She was still this horrible champion. But if she held both championships like like Roman Reigns has, people will crap all over Becky Lynch. People will 
I don't know why I'm getting with this. My point is, my point is that at some point they're gonna have to take the titles off of him, and I hope McIntyre does do that. And because if he's not he's not around on Monday Night Raw, he's not on SmackDown. He doesn't wrestle too much. It's good for him. He's supposed to take a a, a you know some time off. That's all well and good, but he does need to be champion. So. I really hope he loses the championship at at class at the castle. Hope he does because if not, they're gonna have to strip him because enough is enough. I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. Maybe because for me, I was never a Roman Reigns fan anyway. So maybe I'm based off of this of not caring much about him. But that's my two cents about Roman Reigns. Enough. It's enough. But that's it. This one call. Bye. Hey Kyle. Yeah. Look, I I understand that you're you're frustrated. I'm frustrated, I guess not to the, the degree that you are, but I think that you share a pretty large majority of those that are actually just over the Roman Reigns thing. I'm sure that somebody in WWE somewhere who is hearing this criticism, maybe even Triple H himself, is hearing it and hearing the complaints about Roman being champion and thinking, well, you guys are still tuning in. And if the purpose of be, having Roman be champion for song is to piss people off and people are pissed off, are we not achieving our goal? I would argue, yeah, you're achieving your goal, but you're getting the wrong kind of heat. And I know somebody out there saying, heat is heat. No, heat is not heat. The heat you don't want are when people are tuning in, but they're getting more and more tempted every week to say, F this, I'm out. I'm going to watch something that doesn't piss me off. You know, where you reach the point, past the point of wanting to see somebody get stripped and watching the product to see somebody step up and take the belt off of him, where you actually just want to change the channel is problematic. That's the biggest thing you can do to WWE if you're a fan that wants to affect their bottom line. Really just stop watching and try to encourage others to, you know, but that, I guess I'm being a little bit too negative. Uh but, yeah, if you're tired of the Roman Reigns thing, man, I understand it. I think Drew has a very high chance of winning, though, one or both of those belts. And the reason, the biggest reason that I think that that's the case is that Triple H is in charge and Vince is not. Triple H seems to very clearly and loudly hear what we have to say. There's no way he has missed the fact that we are just sick and tired of seeing Roman Reigns as champion. I mean, that's that, that's exhibit A. That's problem numero uno. Right. For 99 percent of fans as Roman Reigns is still champion. So. All right. Thanks, Kyle. Let's get to our next voicemail. Hey, Matt and the WWE podcast family it is a uh, permafire, Kyle. Also, I think, I think a few weeks ago, Matt asked to talk about the permafire nickname on the. Um, on the um, what's it called? The WTF show. Um, Tanya Twitty named me that <laughs> he called me permafire. He named me that this. If you want me, I'll talk about the nickname. Anyway, sorry, I forgot to answer. It's like three weeks late. <laughs> I forgot about that question. Um, anyway, I have two questions about wrestling. One, um, since John Gargano is back now, if you don't know Matt, in NXT, him and, Champ, him and Ch- Tommaso Ciampa were a tag team called DIY. Because like, their whole motto was like, you know, if you, if you got to get things done, you tell us and stuff, you got to do it yourself. And their, this tag team was called DIY. They're actually one of the most successful tag teams in NXT and they're former NXT tag team champions. So, I actually thought of a theory. I don't know if you think this could happen. Maybe, 
the Miz turns on Champa. So, I mean, no, I think Gary Gano is going to see theory first. On the few theories over, maybe the Miz is going to turn on Champa, and basically, as you bring up Champa, Johnny Gargano is going to come out and save Champa. Do you think that can happen? That's what I think is going to happen. And, and then DIY yeah, is going to reform, and maybe they're, if they build them up right, maybe they can even be the ones, they can even be the ones that dethrone uh, the users. So, yeah, that's what I think. Second, um, you heard people in, in like on the Raw this week with the Edge and Daniel Priest match after the show went off the air, people in the arena got to see Edge have a promo, and Edge basically said he wants to retire and have his final match Next year in August in Toronto, he said basically WWE is usually in August. August is usually in Toronto on the calendar. Next year in August, he wants to have his final match in Toronto. So, who do you think this final opponent is going to be? I don't know who it's going to be. I want it to be John Cena, but I don't know who it's going to be. I hope it's John Cena at SummerSlam. Hopefully, they have SummerSlam there in Toronto, and they have a Summer Jimmy John's at SummerSlam. Anyway, my agreement is about to be up. So, thanks as always, and I'll talk to everyone next week. Our double dose of Kyle here. And so the whole thing with Dexter Loomis and the DIY, I don't think most people know that. Now, there's a segment of the audience that watches both Raw, both SmackDown, and uh, the triple threat of NXT. But most, based on the numbers, the viewers watching, the number of viewers who watch Raw and SmackDown are you know like double who watched NXT, maybe even more than that. So that said, if they're going to go down that road of trying to reward fans for paying attention to detail in NXT, I don't know if they'll placate to that or just start start fresh, right? I think they might just start from scratch and pretend that uh, we have never seen these individuals before and reintroduce them and all that kind of thing. So I I don't know if they're going to refer back to the DIY thing, but I will say Dexter Loomis's look is just it's freaking money. I love it. Um, Now, as far as your um your your second question here about who could face edge in toronto in his final match in 2023 i i just you know i went with john cena just a few minutes earlier talking to somebody else who was asking that and i think john cena is a candidate uh definitely a i, I think a big name or maybe somebody that's on the up and coming right now that is going to be a big star in 2023 of course we don't have a crystal ball to see who that is but edge i'm sure wants to give back Adam Copeland seems like a very selfless man in real life, a very genuinely good guy. I think that, and it's also wrestling tradition, but going out losing is the respectful way to leave a company or an organization or retire, to give back, because you're not going to be there the next day. The person that loses is, so why wouldn't you want them to win? All right, well, I think that does do it for the voicemails and emails. I really thought I had more, but uh, I guess that does do it for the evening. Another record short voicemail email uh, mailbag segment here, but that is okay because the last few episodes that no one knows about, (laughs) thanks to the magic of audio editing, I actually have fallen asleep literally on the microphone, and I was babbling, and I had to go back and listen to what I said actually in my sleep. I know that sounds like I'm exaggerating. I'm not. So it's been late nights, this long, long week between like kids and everything else. So anyway, thank you so much for listening, guys. Consider consider going ad free at patreon.com slash WWE podcast. And for one dollar, you can get 100, 200, maybe 300 or 400 or 500, maybe more episodes of this show completely ad free and I really encourage it. You can also subscribe to us for 99 cents a month on Apple Podcasts or to go to wwepodcast.com 
and go VIP there for all of your audio ad-free needs. So that is it for me, guys, for this week. We'll be back with the Week in Review this Sunday night, hopefully with a co-host. I might have one lined up. And then it'll be Clash at the Castle Week, which you know what that means. That can only mean one thing. And that means it's going to be Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan returning for your mailbag show. A much more interesting mailbag show than it has been the last couple of weeks with just me. So Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan will return next week for your email portion of the show. So thank you, everybody, for listening. I really do appreciate it. Take care, and I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE Podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.